Y'all heard? Ow. One. One second. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Hey, everybody. This is Y'all Heard with me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. A podcast where we delicately peel the rind from a little tiny clementine and then we split it into slices so that you the listener can savor each morsel of sweetness but with your ears not like your fa- your taste buds we haven't done a podcast for a while so i forgot how much i hate that part yeah um, i knew morsel I would push you over the edge yeah for some reason clementine did also the good. combination of good. morsel and clementine <laughs> was like oh god uh in other words we tell you things you didn't need to what need Tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, the first one. We tell you things you don't need to know. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not related. <laughs> Pete, how are you? I'm doing okay. This weekend I went to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I used a chainsaw for the first time. Oh, I'm glad you died. Since I nicked my finger on a chainsaw and needed stitches oh. in the ER. <laughs> Did it this weekend? No, no, no. That was like five or six years ago. Oh. Okay. Um, I didn't get hurt this time because okay. it was at the end of a pole. <laughs> it was a pole chainsaw, which I didn't know was a thing. Anyway, it was. Why would you use a chainsaw again after what happened? Because it's Why? the only way to cut through <laughs> this thick wood. Otherwise, I have to saw with my hand. Yeah. Arm. That's true. My arm. Arm. No. Arm. Yes. <laughs> My arm. Yeah, with your mom. Uh, I also <laughs> went to a cranberry festival in Chatsworth, New Jersey, whose local newspaper is called The Chat. Oh, you should have let me guess. And where acres of cranberry bogs are harvested for ocean spray. Oh. It was interesting to see them. I didn't bring yeah. home anything with cranberries in it, but I did get uh, two ties for $10. Did you say them? You mean the bog? You mean you saw ocean spray? You mean, what did you see? I saw an ocean spray building and I saw a bunch of bogs. Very exciting. I forgot ocean spray existed. It's still exciting. (laughs) How about you? What's up with you? you, Have you ever seen Rent? No. Do you know what it's about? Yeah. Oh, man. It was great because (laughs) me and my boyfriend went to go see Rent. Uh, I don't know why he didn't even look. He didn't even look up what we were gonna watch, and I knew Rent was about starving artists and AIDS came into play. Phew, that's all, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> but the sound didn't was it good? So we didn't know what was happening like the whole time. And boy, is that a weird play to not know what's happening the <laughs> whole time. I still don't even know if everyone had AIDS. I'm not being flippant. I don't even know what it was about. <laughs> so there was that. Well, I don't even know what the hell else we did. Well, I went to a Halloween pop-up bar, which I was like, oh, let's go to a Halloween pop-up bar. And like, that's like a Marissa thing to do. And we went. And it was so underwhelming immediately. I was like, let's go. I want to go immediately. And then he was like, no, we're here. And I was like, no, we need to go. And then, like, as principal, like, we had to stay there until he finished his drink. But I was, like, upset. I was, like, it was, like, it felt like a personal affront to me. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, literally offended that such a shitty Halloween pop-up bar could exist. Yeah. And last but not least is... No, wait, 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 wait. I, like, I believe the listeners are wondering what made it so shitty. It was just a bar with a couple of pictures. Pumpkins? 
there were some spooky pictures. I, also, they were playing Harry Potter, not a Halloween movie. Yeah. Uh, they had a lot of, like, Harry Potter references written on the wall in blood, not a Halloween movie. Uh, and none of the cocktails looked spooky. They had, like, spooky names, and I was like, well, there's probably going to be, like, a gummy eyeball in them or something. Right. Or, like, be blood red. Looked around. Not one spooky thing. There was another Halloween pop-up bar that the line was too long where you drink out of blood bags. You know okay. what? Like, that's the way you do it. I was so disappointed. That's I why the line was so long. Ugh. Anyway, and then we went to another place that I was too old to be in the line for. And I also don't have great people skills. And at a point, I get irritable. And at a point, a bunch of bros cut me in line. And then I stood there for a little bit. And I was like, no, I can't. I can't keep this in anymore. I can't keep this in. Then I looked one of the other in the eye and I screamed, are you cutting us? And then he looked at me and he said, did you just say something to me? And then I was like, oh, it's on. Oh, it's on. <laughs> And then I realized that this is what made me really sad, guys. I want to say this is really sad. If I was alone, I would have said, yeah, I did. Yeah. You're trying to cut us. You think I don't see you? I'm going to cut you. Yeah. <laughs> and then I know I'm a little girl and I know I couldn't beat him up. But I was surrounded by people that I could audibly hear were mad. So I would have had backup. And they would have felt like they needed to leave. But since I was with a man, it was cliche, but I knew that if I started something, he would feel like he had to finish it, and then it would have become, like, a bro-down, and then I would have, like, been, like, sort of to blame for, like, a bro-down having to happen. But it makes me sad, because you know what? If that guy said, did you just say something to me, and I said, yeah, I did, bitch, and he tried to hit me, you know what? I wish he tried to hit me, because that would not end well. I would totally be fine starting and ending my own fights, guys. Women sometimes start fights and guys are like, oh, I need to finish them. You know what? You don't. Sometimes women want to start them and finish them themselves. But sometimes guys don't know if you want us to finish it yourself. Yeah, I don't. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I know that it's a complicated situation, which is why I stopped. I, I am a firm believer that. in you started this and unless you call me, <laughs> it's all yours. Yeah. See, I wish more people were like you. But also, you, you, if I'm standing there on the sidelines and somebody else is like, I started this and you're supposed to back me up. Just give me a signal, something. <laughs> My fantasy for how this would have went down is he would have said, oh, did you say something to me? And I'd be like, yeah, bitch, you heard me. You're yeah, bitch, it's morphin' time. And then you would yeah. just... <laughs> I would morph. And then my boyfriend would just give me my space. And then, uh... Someone would go, hey, dude, get your bitch in line. And I would be like, bitch, I handle my own fights. And then every single person around the line would be like, back up, bitches. This girl is right. And then they would have ran away. That is my fantasy. <laughs> Both sexual fantasy and every type of fantasy. Quick question. What were you waiting to get into? Uh, a disgusting bar that I was too old to get into. Okay. A disgusting dance club, I mean, uh, that I was way too old to be in. And, and we had just come from rent, so we were dressed like we came from the theater, the theater. And everyone was wearing, like, 
G-strings. What? <laughs> <laughs> and the bros, they were, like, age-appropriate? Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, no one's age-appropriate to cut me. I just wanted to get the vibe for the whole story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was horrible. I was like, why the fuck are we here? And my boyfriend was like, oh, this is a popular place. I was like, yeah, for twats. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway. That's why it's popular. Yeah, so that didn't end well. It's uh, anyway. I'm sorry. I just need to take a moment to enjoy my own joke. What did you, I didn't hear what you said. I said it's, I said it's twopular. Oh my god, I didn't say that. Oh, that's good. I didn't say that? I'm going to hear that. It's very good. Icebreaker. I want you to tell us every... See, I'm saying this is going to be a long conversation, but I forgot you're a reasonable movie. (laughs) No. Tell me as many adolescent email addresses and AOL screen names that you recall so we can judge you. I have, um... You have, like, one that you've had since all of your life isn't there. Until, yeah, maybe, like, 2010, 2008. And then I started Peter Bides. But, um... No, I, I was, uh, Orange Ape. Yeah, but it's... Oh, I forgot! I do remember that, but you needed to explain why. I had a little toy, and it was an Orange Ape. I think yeah. it was from, like, a fast food store. A yeah. A fast food restaurant. A uh, fast food establishment. Let's go with that. Mm-hmm. You wind it up, and its arms go around, and it does a flip, and then its arms yeah. go around. Yeah. And my sister's boyfriend in high school was at the house, and he was like, you need a screen name. What do you want it to be? And I did what I do, and I was like, uh, there's a thing. How about Orange Ape? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even love the toy or anything like that. It was just something in front of me, and okay. I needed a screen name. So that was AOL for, yeah, like through college. Wow. When okay. AOL yeah, I think I remember Orange Ape. Was still maybe a thing, and uh, then I switched over to Pete Abides, and I don't even know. Maybe I still have an AOL account. I'm not sure. Do you want to explain what Pete Abides is to anyone who might not know? So I had a meeting with a financial advisor recently, and he goes, uh, "I feel <laughs> bad because I don't remember what exactly he was talking about, but he was like, oh, Pete Abides, I love your email address.' He goes, um, I'm, I'm sure it's a biblical reference to and then he he, he what he put out some uh some chapter and verse he goes but when i read it it reminded me of the big lebowski and i was like yeah i don't know what Bill, biblical verse is talking about <laughs> uh so that was so another one he, where he like he loved it because it was big lebowski or because he thought it was a biblical reference he loved it because it, he it reminded him of the big lebowski but he thought that i was on a higher level i guess and working from so biblical verses devout? i don't what not that you're not devout. And I meant to look up the biblical verse because I don't know what I, it is. I have no idea what that is. Okay, that's um, interesting. Yeah. And then, like, in between, from time to time, like, I'll just have, like, a Pete Phillips 3 or whatever. Uh, is that a secret? Because I've never noticed Pete Phillips 3. No, but, like, if, uh, I feel like I might have one at WordPress.com. Mm-mm, okay. Just, you know, like, places that I don't really mean to have an yeah. account, but I have to set something okay. up. But like a Zanga? No. <laughs> like a live journal? Didn't have them. Okay. I think I had a Zanga. I didn't have a live journal. Uh, okay. It's weird that you, that you mentioned those two because I was talking to somebody today about how I firmly believe in most cases nobody wants to hear what I have to say, which is why we have a podcast. <laughs> because <laughs> hey, I was in a meeting with somebody 
who must believe the complete opposite. <laughs> that everybody oh, wants so to go. And I was just like, I can't understand how you've repeated the same thing ten times and you don't realize it. <laughs> Oh, you don't mean me. You mean people. Yeah, yeah. Or no, the person. Yeah, the person at the meeting, oh, and then the person okay. at the meeting. Uh, then they were like calling the meeting to close, and the person at the meeting was like, "I just want to say to summarize my point." And I'm like, "You don't have to. You've done this ten times already." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, a lot of people are not self-aware. That is what sets people apart, honestly, in life. There are those who are self-aware and those who are oblivious. <laughs> and that's the only classification that matters to me. Let's hear him, Marissa. I have a billion. I don't even Bamp know Girl, like 23. No. My first one was like SS Bulma something. That was a Bradley reference. What? SS. Bulma. Okay, that's what I thought you that's said. That's the name of a Dragon Ball Z character. I My first email Those address Those were from was your that. rodeo shipping days? What? <laughs> Shut up. My first... <laughs> This boat is called the SS Bulma. <laughs> My first email address was at DragonBallZ.net or something. Nice. Then I had a bunch of nonsense screen names. I had Shamu You Blowhole, I'm Not a Gondola. I remember that he, one. He Not Says Woe Man. No desire to explain that. Way he, too much effort to explain that. Okay. <laughs> Eyeliner Diner. Mm-hmm. Yansu. Oh, and my so mom, many. guys, my mom always emails eyeliner. <laughs> oh, she never remembers I, the diner part. She goes, I, I keep trying to email Marissa, but it won't go through. Oh, yeah, I will. I will explain. Okay, eyeliner diner. Uh, I still have that email address. Uh, that is a very short snippet from a song lyric from a horror punk Christian band. And uh, he knows his well, man. I will just say that there was a guy I had a crush on almost all through middle school, high school, everything. He had He nuts. had hair at one point that looked like a character from a fighting game I liked called Hinata, which is a woman. But anyway, uh, and <laughs> that, I wanted... Guys, that and, checks out for Marissa's sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was like Hinata's woman, because Hinata, we called him Hinata, me and my friend. Gotcha. But I, instead of saying woman, I said woe man. In high school, because I needed to be different. Mm-hmm. So that's all I remember. Whoa, man. Judge me as you'd like. Happy birthday, Anne. Happy birthday! <laughs> and Sorry we could not jointly make it to your party. I know. We yeah. ourselves were in two different locations that yeah. were far away from your location. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But our spirits are there. Yes. In fact... I went on a murder spree that night because my spirit wasn't in me. And yeah, like, if yeah. your spirit's away, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't count. So, 10 mm-hmm. dead. 10 dead. I will try to astral project into your home today. You didn't invite me today, but I'll try. Yeah. In your honor. That's alarming, Marissa. <laughs> I yeah, that'll try. I'm even a spy on her. I'll knock on her door. Also, do you mean the day this comes out, or do you mean today, when Anne has no idea what to expect? <laughs> Ooh, that's a surprise. <laughs> and let us know at 570 pod yeah. one. <laughs> let us know about my projection. By the way, what I'm drinking is delicious. What is it? I am drinking a pineapple ginger hard seltzer. Nice. And boy, does it taste like pineapple. And ginger? So, I want you all to know, I had a topic I expected to find information about, and I was really excited to look into it. 
I wanted to do a... Okay, Peter, are you familiar with the game Sims? Like, what how is familiar? It? What is it? Like, just what is it? I think I know early Sims, meaning, like, you're doing some world building, and you yeah. have, like, an avatar, and you sort of maybe get to design them a little bit, and you can have, like, a family and a house yeah. and a city, Sim City. Uh, that's yeah. one that I remember. Um, and then it just turned into The Sims, Eventually, yeah. it became like a, an online sort of like you can interact with other people, right? That was brief, and it didn't take okay. off. That's yeah, because just yeah, people were probably just simulating boning, like in the yeah. one episode that you talked about <laughs> before. <laughs> uh, so Pete's right; it's just a world building game. Um, if you're familiar with SimCity, it's a lot more than that. The Sims, you build your houses, you build a town, but then you also you know, you maintain your household. You can pick, like, parents, couples, children. Um, you have to do childcare. You have to have a job. You need to feed them, all that stuff. That game has been around since I was maybe in middle school. And there's different sequels that are out even today. They're on Sims 4 now. And ever since The Sims was created, there's been a lot of discussion of the cruel and heinous things you could do to your Sims. Like, let's say you create a house, and then you can delete the door so that they can't escape, so, and then you take everything out of the house so they can't eat, they keep urinating themselves, they're exhausted, and then they die. Or you make your house go on fire, and they're burned Why? alive. Or you put them in a pool, and, well, in the early games, if you simply took out the ladder, they were too stupid to figure out how to get out, and they would drown. Uh, but in the later games, you have to, it takes a lot of effort to drown them. Why? Anyway, so I was hoping there were some, like, studies by psychologists as to why people who might not be cruel do such cruel things in the Sims. Like, what is it that drives us? Weirdly, there wasn't. So I ended up finding an article that just talks a little bit about what some people might take from the Sims and what some people might project in The Sims. And it's not telling you anything profound, but I am going to give pieces from the article interspersed with information about how I personally have played The Sims. And if you play The Sims, it just, the point of this is to make you like think about like, why are you doing, why are you playing it the way you play it? And even if you don't play The Sims, just think about the games that you play and if you think there's anything behind that, like, do I play these games so I can live out some fantasy, or do I feel like it's an extension of myself? It's just, like, a fun uh, and possibly slightly introspective thing, but I'm, I'm not giving any profound points. I will say that up front. Well, I had no idea that there was a narrative in Grand Theft Auto. I thought you just ran cars into other cars and shot people. Uh, yeah, I, I played Grand Theft Auto once, and I realized I ended up playing it like The Sims, because it was me and my cousin, and instead of, like, killing people, we just, like, we just kept, like, breaking into places, stealing things, and then swimming. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, that was just a projection. I was like, that was really fun. But I would say I would hope the way I play The Sims is not a projection or or a reflection of any of my fantasies. So, I got most of this from an article... Ooh, I. Oh, and Paste Magazine from 2018. It's interesting because The Sims game has more depth as the years go by. 
So uh, if you read articles from like 2003, I was reading an interesting article about a woman who was expecting a baby who she started playing The Sims to get used to like taking care of a baby. That's like a game, terrible idea. If, if you neglect your baby, child services will come. Uh, and she said it actually, she felt like she, it did teach her about that. But, like, as the game goes on, everyone knows so many cheat codes. Like, I learned a cheat code that if Child Protective Services comes, you can just delete them. Not that I want to abuse my baby, but, like... Sometimes I, you yeah. just forget to feed your kid. Yeah, so <laughs> there were less consequences, I feel, the longer the game was out, because there were more cheat codes available. But anyway, so Sims was created in 2000, and Max is, is the company that uh, that created it. And over time, they, they saw, like... Sims is a game that's not for the usual game player. Like, the usual video game player, at least in the past, was seen to be mostly male, and, like, you know, they're really into games. But Sims opened up to a world of casual gamers, and it really opened it up to women, young and old. Sims is a game that, like, a lot of people delve into. And the Sims creators kind of noted that popularity, and they brought in the different parts of the game. They gave you more customization. They, they, they gave them more depth. And as this article states, this game is not just about people. It is a game about self, identity, emotions, and relationships, and exploring these themes in a safe setting. So I thought about that for a moment, and I thought about the kind of people I create in the game. Since high school, I would say the people I create in Sims fall into one of three categories. <laughs> I either create gritty and like anarchistic punk people, mm. which I could definitely see as an extension of part of me. I create spooky, sexy goth people, again, an extension of me. And I also create sultry, cruel, and mysterious rich people. <laughs> I would like to be rich. I would like to say the mystery, sultriness, and evilness is not necessarily an extension of me. Anyway, mm -hmm. take that as you will. So the article goes on to say, you know, there are players who pursue games as a projected ideal of their own identity. Like I said, that's a possibility. And there are those of us who use the risk-free nature of online spaces as a means to explore or experiment with a new one. How we manifest new behavior through these virtual representations of self speaks to how deep our psychological bond can be with even an abstract, incorporeal form of who we know ourselves to be. It goes deeper than making a sim who just looks and acts like you, or making a custom character with the purple hair you always dreamed of. Games become an experimental plane upon which you can test out scenarios and interactions that are for whatever reason, whether it be like financial or emotional, otherwise inaccessible to you. The author says she finds it fascinating just how deep that bond can go. She references a paper uh, authored by Nikki and Jeremy Balinson of Stanford University's Communications Department. They discuss a theory that they call the Proteus Effect relating to uh, gamers. Essentially, they observe that when inhabiting a virtual avatar, uh, so, so your character that you custom make, uh, people often act out personal fantasies due to the inherent risk-free atmosphere of online spaces. But they also project certain behavior through those characters' static appearances, whether it be negative or positive. So for example, 
their characters may act more confident in the avatar of a tall person or less trusting when inhabiting the body of an avatar considered generally unattractive. If people will adapt to the perception of how they think they should behave based on the appearance, it makes sense whether virtual environments and identities are often idealized and why so many players are acting out of fantasy. So, I will now take a moment to describe what most of my sins look like. Unless I have an elaborate storyline from the get-go that I need a, a certain like type of person that is not common to me, I will normally make all of my Sims characters generally slim, but not to a lengthy degree. Uh, I will make them excessively pale, often vampirically, usually the whitest white possible. <laughs> Sorry. Making noises, and I will also say, in terms of personalities, almost all of my Sims characters, even if they start out, even if they start out fairly innocent, they usually become shifty and cheat their way through life. Either they cheat their way to wealth by using cheat codes. My, my using cheat codes, I consider my characters to be cheaters. Then does that make sense? Yeah. I go deep when I play this game, okay? Just what you're <laughs> and often for some reason, but I feel like it's just because things will be boring after a while. My characters usually cheat on each other. Take that as you will. I mean, you do love K-dramas. Uh, so the author... Oh, I do love K-dramas. Uh, it's a Korean drama, everybody. So the author explains that um, for her personally, The Sims have acted as a space to act out her fantasies about comfort and lifestyle. She grew up poor and in an emotionally abusive household. And The Sims, from the moment she played it, uh, let her build beautiful estates and stunningly decorated rooms she's always dreamed of. Like, aspirational, like, this is what I would work to have one day. She would dress up her dolls beautifully in a wardrobe she couldn't afford, and she would do things with money and geography that were always out of her reach. Later in life, she didn't play The Sims as much, and she says maybe it's because she finally gained some sort of upward mobility. So those things weren't okay. as aspirational to her. But she wrote this article because she eventually did circle back uh, to The Sims. But she realized that this second time playing The Sims, she would use it more to like act out her ideal interior decorating situations and like practice like building the house of her dreams, like not necessarily making it more grand than hers, but she would like test out wallpapers and test out like furniture configurations, which is interesting and, and very, that, that's kind of a cool way to like think about using the game. Yeah. So now I will explain, I have had different waves of playing Sims. Uh, I would say I played Sims crazily in middle school and high school to a point where I dreamt about Sims and sometimes in dire Saturdays would be Sims and I would lose track of time. Uh, I played it a bit in Korea when I was bored. And I played it a couple years ago. I would honestly still be playing Sims now, however, I lost a bunch of the data and the rich depth of the world I created was all lost. And it was such a, such a, oh, it Crushing hurts. loss, yes. A liter is. Literally a world of yours, gone. Exactly. I want to specify that when I would play The Sims, I refuse to, so you get a choice after something happens, whether you choose to save it or you didn't save that, so it would go right back to how it was. I was like, I need to save the game every time, even if someone I love died. 
And once I remember I had a beloved character and she died in a fire by mistake. And I was like, this is just how life is. You need to save it. And then I dreamt about her. Anyway, uh, in <laughs> high school, the most memorable storyline I would play in high school uh, is I would usually have disgustingly rich people who live in gigantic mansions. And they would have very attractive servants living in tiny, tiny quarters in their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually one of the rich people was cheating on their spouse with one of the servants. Of course. And uh, one of my most memorable storylines is the attractive maid was having an affair with a husband, and she got pregnant, and she had a child, but the husband wouldn't take the child as his own. So she still had to live in a tiny quarter of the house with her child. child. From home, and they weren't allowed like to eat with the main family or anything. But that maid died in a fire. And so then what about, that... What about her child? Then the, the the baby daddy had to take him in, but he never admitted that it was so. Okay. So I would either play those elaborate like soap operas in rich people's houses, or I would just experiment where I would build tiny lots with no doors and light them on fire and kill people. I do not consider myself a violent person, <laughs> but I wanted to test the limits of the game. Okay. This also tracks a little bit because Marissa is into those, like, uh, don't you like Real Housewives stuff? Oh, I love Real Housewives. Yes. Right. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, So in some respects, I feel like that does track a little bit. I will say I love gossip and drama. I don't want it in my own life, but I'd love to see it play out. So it's just like playing out fantasies. Yeah. Yeah. Now, take this as you will. I will say how I played it a few years ago. The last time I played Sims... I had a couple of notable households. I mean, the, the easy, non-weird ones to me is, like, I, I made households based off of, like, notable characters. Like, I made a, a household full of, like, Street Fighter characters, whatever. Okay. Sure. All right. I remember my friend said, can you make one that looks like me? I did, and then I started feeling bad, and I stopped playing that household because her husband cheated on her, and I felt really bad. Anyway. Marissa, uh, but- just a question for an outsider like me. How much do you control? Okay. Meaning, does the husband cheat on her because you made him? It has evolved. Is this like a creative writing fugue state where you just channel the energy and the story tells itself? No, this is the thing. If anyone plays The Sims and I'm slightly wrong because it might have changed in sequels, feel free to call me out. But the earlier iterations, you... Or even you maybe could do it in real time. Like maybe maybe you could change it as you're playing. But I think if I recall correctly, you can gauge how much you're in charge of and how much goes on by itself. Okay. So if you want to be to be slaves to you and they literally stand there waiting for you to tell them what to do, you can set it that way. But otherwise, you could. Um, kind of control them, but if you don't have time to deal with them, let's say you have eight people in a house, you can't deal with all of them, they will go about living their lives by themselves. Mm-hmm. That being said, they will not usually do anything like drastic without you. Like, meaning as long as you have created a relationship between her and her husband, right. she won't cheat on her husband. However, if you don't take, like you need to build relationships, if you don't make sure that her husband are, is in love with her, when you're not paying attention to her, she may cheat on her husband. But as long as you make sure everyone's needs are met, you can leave them alone and they'll probably just like eat a meal and go to sleep. So does that make sense? Yeah. If you pay it, if you make Except, them to cook, what? Did you make the husband cheat on 
your friend. Oh yeah, whenever they cheat on me. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And then you uh, felt bad yeah. about it, and you abandoned the family. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so as long as you cultivate the necessities, like they won't do anything crazy behind your back. Um, they will age without you having them age though. So I remember, like, I'm sorry, can you hear the fire alarms? Yeah, it's it's. I live in a city, smooth and sultry. Okay. You still keep talking? Should I finish? Are you, should I wait till it finishes? Go for it. Just keep okay. talking. Okay, so last time I played, uh, I had a couple of households that I recall. Uh, there was one couple that were with each other, you know, their whole life. They stayed until one of them died and one of them became elderly. And notably, the female partner in the relationship uh, was deathly pale, and the, the, the male was an Asian guy who dressed pretty normally. But she wore a, a lingerie teddy all of the time. <laughs> the other uh, household was a coven of promiscuous witches. <laughs> and my favorite, the household that I spent the most time cultivating, was a house full of vampires that hated humans. And the one vampire was actually in love with the Grim Reaper. And the only way to get the Grim Reaper to come to your house is to kill people. Right. So she would invite her neighbors over, go swimming with them, then quickly build a wall of concrete so they couldn't get out of the pool, and they would drown, and the Grim Reaper would come. And when the Grim Reaper would come, she would have dinner with him, she would talk with him, she would flirt with him. My goal is to try to impregnate the Grim Reaper, but I don't know if the game actually lets you do that. I read a lot of things that... Last time I checked, you couldn't even have sex with the Grim Reaper. You could only flirt with him. There are also questions about vampires being able to, ha- you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is a thing. But anyway, she was in love with him. She would keep killing her neighbors so she could meet him every few days. Um, and she would also text message the Grim Reaper in between. But she really wanted, like, some face-to-face time. Uh, and the other vampires, they wouldn't do the killing. But once uh, when, you have a, when you make a ghost uh, in uh, Sims... They're bound to where they were killed. So the other vampires would um, forge romantic relationships with the ghosts that were bound to their house. And the ghosts would come out at night. So basically, like, the vampires would sleep in the day, and then when midnight came, they would they would gallivant around with their ghost lovers. Here's our Halloween connection, guys. Yeah. What does this have to do with me? I don't know. Uh, how How is this deal? Oh, I forgot. This was, I'm sorry. Marissa, you would totally be a vampire if you could. And if they weren't harming you, you would totally hang out with ghosts. So I don't, I don't understand what's confusing about that. Sometimes, yeah. Also, I could see you very much having an unhealthy obsession with dating the Grim Reaper. Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) So again, no surprises here. Yeah, I wouldn't kill people, but that aside, yeah, yeah. I think if you were a vampire, you would. I mean, yeah. Your morals would probably be a little bit looser in that world. Yeah. Uh, so circling back to the article, just to kind of tie this in a bow, uh, basically the studies that those two people from Stanford did do, their data showed that, um, explained a bit why self-expression facilitated through custom character creations is such a widely valued feature among gamers, because basically they could live the life that they don't have. Even the live the life that they subconsciously didn't know they wanted. Okay, the participation in the narrative events and our proactive and foreign momentum facilitated through a representation representation of self creates a relationship 
yet to be seen in other mediums. I just want to let you know I'm just reading that. I didn't even take time to fully unpack what that sentence said. Hope you can, listeners. Yeah, go 30 seconds back, listen to it again. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not. Uh, this is a <laughs> channel for good or bad in terms of player self-perception. But ultimately, a game like The Sims can act as a way to communicate to the world our sense of identity as much as something like a facial piercing or a funky couch or a way of dressing even if our only audience is ourselves. That was the uh, last question I had. Can other people see your sim world? Uh, if you choose to share it. But see, that that's why I said, as much, even if the audience is just yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Just like, no matter how attractive I get, my husband's still going to cheat on me. <laughs> and, uh, our, because and our God, a.k.a. Marissa, is going to make him. <laughs> Shut up. I will say, I will say that it does... Maybe it is a manifestation of my fear. My fear is that no matter how good-looking you are, your husband will tire of you because people tire of other people and forget why they fell in love with them and they will inevitably cheat on them, and that is my greatest fear. Not to be real or anything. See, guys? Yeah. Deep in the Halloween. Yep. That reminds me that I need a therapist because my therapist would always be like, why do you always think someone's going to leave you? I was like, because I'm going to get old, and nobody likes an old woman and she's like, why do you feel that way? And I'm like, I don't know. She's like, know. I'm an old woman. <laughs> I feel like I didn't say it like that. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't like an old woman. I feel like men don't like an old woman. And there's a lot of stuff I needed to unpack. But you know what, guys? My therapist isn't there anymore. Anyway. So that's that. <laughs> like I said. Uh, that's not like I said. <laughs> like I said, there's nothing profound there. But it's just like an interesting look at at like I don't know, makes you think like what what part of gaming, you know, speaks to what you might want or who you are. And now Any you can questions? sort of just like build like a social media, you know, presence that would almost be like a sim, too, in some ways. Oh yeah, absolutely. Interact with people under false pretenses, all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, I think that's what the kids might call a finsta. Okay. Do you know what a finsta is? Okay, yeah. I just, I was like, is she pausing to make something up, or? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Anyway, any questions? I uh, have very little experience in Sims. I don't know if I've ever actually, like, done a thing in Sims before or ever, like, played it, but... I don't know. It seems like like is is building all that stuff is that really time consuming and challenging? It is, and that's why I don't play as much because as a kid, like I had yeah, time to spare, and I yeah. don't, and I'm just like, but I don't want to half-ass it. So that, like, also to play Sims and like this is like I need the Sims to look really nice. I need my characters to look like beautiful. Uh, so you need to download a lot of modifications from websites. So basically, if you want to play Sims and it really be like like you playing out your fantasies, you need to put a lot of time into building houses and creating your characters. Uh, in the latest Sims, you can custom make their personalities, and because of how you program their personalities, they'll react different to different situations. Mm -hmm. So you really need to put a lot of time if you really want it to like be the way you want. I was just going to say, this sounds very detrimental. Yeah, I know. Uh, if I was going to play The Sims today, I would just make like a gigantic coven of like 
which is like the craft, and they looked like real cool, and like did like weird stuff. Uh, which craft do you mean? The new one or? Oh fuck you! <laughs> That's dead to me. I also said witchcraft. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. No, yeah, it feels a little scary because I feel like I know a lot of people who are like scary control freaks. And it's almost yeah. like, I built this whole world. <laughs> it's all mine. <laughs> no one should threaten well, my world. But it sounds like you sort of maybe gave up a little bit of that control. And, like, here's the thing I'll say about Marissa, guys. Like, while it's nice to have control, Marissa is, I do not think, attracted to predictability in any way whatsoever. No, and no. so. And so, you know, even if that was something that you had in that game, I feel like you would probably tire of it. Yeah, I, uh, in the, in the original, when I didn't know cheat codes, I would literally go to work every day, go to sleep, make a meal, pee. I was living my own life in the game, but thankfully I learned cheat codes, and then I would just, like, like I said, like, delete the child services person, just give myself thousands of dollars with a cheat code and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, I cannot, I couldn't. It got really boring when you just do it in a, in a predictable way. So I was just trying to find like, more outlandish ways to play the game. Even killing people and then making love to their... What do I have to plug? Well... <laughs> yeah. Plugs. I wanted to plug soup. Like, just the food? Yeah. Okay. For many years, I'm like, I'm not a soup person. I'm not a soup person. <laughs> but uh, recently, I was given a bunch of soup. <laughs> Like pre-made? Yeah. Okay. And I made soup myself. And I I made two I made a chicken and vegetable or chicken rice and vegetable? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then I made sweet potato soup. And then I was gifted chicken noodle soup and Italian wedding soup. Who gifted you soup? Friends of the family. Okay. <laughs> So I've been eating a lot of soup. Also, because my jaw is still messed up, I can eat soup. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot chomp on a sandwich. (laughs) You know what? Soup is wonderful. Yeah. So give it a shot. Now, I know I've mentioned it on the show before for you uh, very close listeners. Uh, The food diary that Marissa gave me many years ago. Like, there wasn't a soup section on that, but if there was, I definitely would have failed that section because it would have been, like, chicken noodle and tomato, and that's the end of what I've had. So this is an interesting time for me. I am branching out a little bit, trying new things, and that always makes life interesting. Have you had pho or pho or however you say it? Mm. Look where I live. (laughs) They have pho there. I'm sure they do in Scranton. I decided I think I'm going to, we can talk about this later, but I think I want to go to Wilkes-Barre around my birthday. We should go get pho. It's always a good time of year to have you here, except if it snows. That was my, uh... Oh, that was nice, though. Me and Pete drank an entire day. It wasn't great because I threw up at the end of the day. (laughs) We drank all day doing, like, a snowstorm in a bar. We were at a bar all day. How about you, Marissa? What do you want to plug? A classic, but I want to plug The Craft. I'm hoping all of y'all have watched The Craft by now. If not, it is literally the coolest Halloween movie. It's not really scary, but it's just like, it's like, it's just like cool. It's like, 
I was going to say it's like Clueless with Witches, but it's not. They're awesome. Like, it's just like cool teen witches, but like edgy. It's like my favorite. I love watching it. It makes me feel so cool. And Skeet Ulrich. That's it. I'll stop saying the word cool. Skeet Ulrich at his, at his finest. And what's his face at her finest. finest. What does she want to be? You say finest? Yeah. Shut <laughs> Balk, who was my beauty aspiration until... The water boy? Until like five years ago. No, I mean <laughs> the crafts screws a bulk. I don't mean like... Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so that's that. Guys, um, feel free to slide in my DM at Riz Vandal, or feel free to give us a call at 570-PODWAD1. We got a new follow from Saracinto on our Twitter, at Y'all Heard Pod. Nice. And, Whoever that uh, person was, who's the guy who ate the zombie M&M's? No. Mike Finos. That was very cool. Thank you so much for telling us your thoughts on them. I'm so glad you ate them so I can live vicariously through you. I can't <laughs> eat a lot of sugar, but I'd love to hear about people eating the candy. We're also, you know, like, you can leave a review on iTunes. You can ask us questions in any way you want. If you know us personally, you can always text us and shit like that. Yeah. Thank you for still being our only donator, Mike Dominic. Yes. Oh, since it's the Halloween season, I'm going to post one of our old Halloween shows to the Patreon. For free! One of our old um, Halloween radio shows. So you'll hear classics from Uncle Cracker and Busta Rhymes and (laughs) MC Hammer and Run DMC. Sounds good to me. And other stuff that Marissa picked out. Oh, shut up, Pete. (laughs) there. there you he, go. And he had a radio show for years, and only like once a year did he let me put music I wanted on it. <laughs> I was abused. <laughs> okay, bye! Talk to you next show, bye! Yeah, hi. Hi.